welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Christmas stuff. Oh, I think like Santa stuff is the more specific term because I mean there is some not well no no there's the one where Howard the Duck wants to commit suicide so I guess Christmas stuff yep Uh, Xmas stuff holiday season well except that all these are pretty much completely Christmas Mm -hmm. Uh, but this week we're doing a bit of a grab bag of Christmas stuff including a story from the Marvel Holiday Spectacular and then stories from Bizarre Adventures, number 34. But Devin, before we get started, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good as well. I saw a Christmas movie today. Nice. I didn't. You should. You should get on that Christmas tip. I watched Jingle All the Way a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but we talked about that already. I know. We talked about that last week. I know. Oh, I watched Office Christmas Party. How bad was it? Actually, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was your stereotypical, like, one of those comedies. Did it get extreme enough for you? It did. Also, okay. it was nice to see TJ Miller playing a slightly different type of role for once. Same humor, but he was a good person instead of his traditional Ehrlich Bachman type character. Well, he also plays a different character in Deadpool. That's true. But he wasn't the lead in that. No, but I mean, he had a... Well, no, he didn't have too big of a role. Anyways, uh, this week we were starting off with that Marvel Holiday Spectacular from 2010. Featuring Santa Claus versus the Illuminati, which was written by Brian Reed with pencils by Val Semeeks. I always thought that was Semeckis, but apparently I have been pronouncing it wrong. Like Robert Semeckis? Semeckis. Yeah. Semeeks, though. Semeeks. Uh, with inks it's by Mark Irwin. Luke. With inks by Mark Irwin, colors by Andrew Crossley, and letters by Dave Sharp. And it takes place on Earth 42409. And we start off with the Illuminati, which are the secret people who think they're smart enough to rule the world, which consists of Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, Professor X, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, and Namor, fighting Santa, who they had previously loaned the Infinity Gauntlet to. And we get a brief flashback of why. And it turned out that all of Santa's reindeer were scrolls in this universe. And so he needs cosmic power to make his deliveries. Luckily for the heroes, because Santa is beating them, Namor throws a snowball with his Atlantean might, knocking Santa back and freeing him from the thrall of the Infinity Gauntlet. Unfortunately, now without cosmic power and reindeer, Santa can't make his deliveries, except that Tony Stark has a set of robotic reindeer that he can use for whatever reason, and Namor decides to declare himself the king of all snowball throwers. Imperious snow. Yeah, I think that's a decent summation. And then after that, we have uh, issue 34 of Bizarre Adventures. 
bizarre it was. Do you know much about Bizarre Adventures, Devin? I'm assuming it was kind of like Marvel going back to their whole, like, Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish. Uh, oh, yeah. Ass shit. Yeah, it started off as Marvel Preview, and then it eventually became Bizarre Adventures, and this was actually the last issue of the series, and it was the only one that really had color stories in it, but, like, this is where we got the start of uh, Dominic Fortune. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Dominic Fortune, Rocket Raccoon, uh, Star-Lord, and a bunch of other stuff. Like, there was also some really, really weird other stories in here. But then around, like, issue 25, they're like, hey, let's, let's call it Bizarre Adventures. And so they created a character named Bucky Bizarre, who we aren't talking about here, to, like, fit into most of the issues except then it was like oh hey no we're going to do this issue about x-men because x-men are selling a lot so no bucky bizarre in this one nope then like this is where they adapted stephen king's lawnmower man and just a bunch of other weird weird stuff so most of the time you only see it like reprinted in collections that focus like the uh phoenix story in another issue and the iceman story in that issue are like only featured in trades because they need to fill out pages but here we are given a variety of christmas stories in a variety of numbered universes except for like two of them that we aren't covering so up first we have son of santa which takes place on earth 8336 which was written by mark grunwald with art by Alan Kepperberg. And for all of these stories, colors were done by Rob Carousella with letters by Rich Parker. A mysterious dwarf approaches Nick Norris on the streets of New York City, and it is the 1980s, so once he determines that the dwarf is not trying to get him to pimp himself, uh, the dwarf offers him a meal, and Nick is suspicious, until the dwarf explains that he is a talent scout looking for actors in... Japanese choppy chalky sake movies. Hooray for racism, Devin. Hooray. I forgot that Trading Spaces had Dan Aykroyd in blackface. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I've actually never seen the... it. Wait, you, you've never seen Trading Spaces? No. Or Places. I keep getting those two mixed up. It's It's... Like, part of it really holds up, but then the other part of it's like, oh, yeah, this is by John Landis. Also, this is a weird prequel to Coming to America. Yeah, that I know. Mm-hmm. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis is very attractive in the movie. And there's just random topless scenes in the movie. Look, it's movies from, like, the 1970s and 80s. There are a lot of random topless scenes in those type in that day. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the uh, dwarf offers to uh, even fly him to Japan and give him $1,000, and Nick doesn't trust him, so he asks for three hot dogs and a Coke for the time being. And the dwarf goes in, buys him, and then we cut to the airport where they are already on the airplane, and the dwarf introduces himself as Mr. Agonistes. Yeah. Uh, that's how I'm assuming you pronounce it. Sure, yeah. 
And so Nick falls asleep on the plane, presumably full of hot dogs. And when he wakes up, Gonestes is hijacking the plane and makes Nick put on a parachute and the two of them dive out of the plane after getting the other passengers to make sure they were properly prepared for the depressurization of the cabin. Hashtag Christmas is lit. And they jump out and into the cold of the North Pole. Hashtag YOLO. Which was sort of weird because I don't think that a flight from New York to Japan would go that far north. But whatever. Also, this is where we meet the polar bear from Lost. Why would he be in the North Pole? Did you not see Lost Luke? No. The polar bear on the island? No. Oh, come on, Luke. Weird. You're bringing up a show that I don't think anybody ever watched. Lost? Mm -hmm. Everyone watched Lost Luke. I didn't watch Lost. Everyone who matters watched Lost. Everyone who counts didn't watch Lost. How's that for a Simpsons reference? Gonna ignore it, Luke. So they end up reaching a giant base that looks like it has been broken into. And as they enter, Agonistes is distraught as they see dead elves and reindeer and broken toys. And inside they find the real Santa has been frozen in ice and he is dead. And Agonistes mourns over his dead friend and boss and explains how 18 years ago Santa and Mrs. Claus had a child and she died shortly after. Santa didn't think that he could raise the kid, so he left the child with the Norris family, which means that Nick is the son of Santa. And apparently Santa did a really, really shitty job picking children, or picking parents to raise his son. Which is stupid, because the elves could have easily just done it. Mm Mm-hmm. But Nick ran away from home because it was horrible. It could alternately be like a Horcrux thing, like they retconned Harry Potter. Yeah. Where that's why the Dursleys were evil. But uh, Agonistes always kept an eye on Nick. But now Santa has been killed by his immortal enemy. And he had wanted Nick to be brought here to help before it was too late. But it was too late. And so as they're preparing... Agonistes gives Nick the Santa outfit, which grants him special powers as Anti-Claus appears on a chariot drawn by warthogs. And Anti-Claus is amazing. Oh, he was super amazing. Yeah. I've already got the image gallery for this one ready because, y'all, Anti-Claus is canonical in the Marvel Universe. And somehow I don't think Chris Sims is aware of him. His hair is super on point. Mm Mm-hmm. It sort of seems like a hood. It looks like a weird version of Flag Smasher. A bit. I took it as like it was instead of having the big bushy beard, he has big bushy hair. Mm Because he's anti-Santa. Yeah, because he is the uh, spirit of taking. And so he attacks Nick with his bullwhip. But luckily, because he's wearing the Santa outfit, Nick is super fast. It's down note for Exiled. And he finds some tools and tries to attack Anti-Claus, but it's not helping. He runs into the hangar and tries to crush Anti-Claus under Santa's sled, but that doesn't help either, because Anti-Claus is able to just 
toss it aside. And so Nick runs again and he ends up finding Santa's bag and he is able to trap Anti-Claws in it and defeat Anti-Claws because it's apparently like infinite space in there or at least a whole shit ton of space. And no kid ever got a present again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aganesis reappears and he mentions how he found Donner and Blitzen who were shielded by the bodies of their dead friends from the Holocaust. And it's like, that, that got a bit, maybe a bit too dark there, Mr. Grunewald. What the hell? And then well, I honestly Marvel likes to use the word Holocaust like in places it probably shouldn't be. You mean like Apocalypse's son? Not just that one. Let me pull it up. It was from the... End of the other one that we read. Yeah, Santa bites the big apple. No, it was in that Spider-Man. Oh, where he fights a lizard. Yeah, and and our good other dinosaur friend Stegron. Dr. Vincent Stegron, PhD. Yeah, like the rest of that issue was uh, just reprints of old comics, plus I think like one or two other good Here ones. Here we go, it's a holiday holocaust. We call it the War of the Reptile Men, and Spidey is caught in the middle. They don't even use fire, like you need fire technically for it to be a holocaust, I thought. Anyways... I used to read that issue pretty frequently because it was one of the issues that was randomly in the bathroom when I worked at the comic shop. Weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, only Donner and Blitz and the fastest of the reindeer are still alive, and Agonistes asks Nick to take over for Christmas, and Nick says he will, but in his own way, and they take off to the Bahamas to start setting up for Christmas. I'm pretty sure every kid is just getting drunk parents that year. Oh, probably. Or drunk caretakers, in case they're orphans. We next have Howard the Ducks Christmas, which was written by Stephen Grant with art by Paul Smith. And on the Golden Gate Bridge, Howard the Duck is considering killing himself when he is stopped by Andy the Angel, who wants to save him, that way he can earn his wings. And he offers a whole, let's see what the world would be like if you had never been born, which is maybe a bit of overkill because, like, this was a world he was never supposed to get to. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is Earth 83234. And so, like, his artist friend Paul, who Howard had stopped from murdering a art critic, uh, turns out that he's in jail in this universe. But now his paintings are worth a lot of money because he's a criminal artist and the governor is going to pardon him, which means that life is really, really looking up for him. And they decide to check on another friend because, you know, his life wasn't worse with Howard gone. And they see a guy who Howard saved from becoming a space turnip. But in this universe, he's just a top bill sleazy writer who is surrounded by beautiful women and selling hack writing uh, stories which still isn't worse. And Andy decides to try and pull in the final whammy as they head to the docks to find Beverly Switzer, Beverly Switzler, 
who is a prostitute in this universe. But her current beau Jimmy shows up, followed by a menacing-looking limo. But it turns out that the person in the limo is Jimmy's dad, who wants to bring him back home. And Jimmy is going to be a billionaire, and he asks, and he asks Beverly to marry him. Ah. Mm-hmm. And because everything is better in these universes without Howard, he still gets the option to kill himself. But then he notices that Andy is going to kill himself because Andy failed at his job. And so Howard decides to stop and Andy ends up getting his wings. Yay. It's like that episode of Johnny Bravo, except without a butt Mm -hmm. angel. Uh, Next, we have Sleigh Bells, which is set on Earth 8337, which was written and illustrated by Mike Carlin. It's the week of Christmas, and a boy approaches Santa at the mall, only to suddenly shoot him in the head. Revenge! And we find out that this is the sixth Santa that he has killed. And as he remarks on that, he sees another Santa standing on the corner and kills him too. So many dead Santas. Mm Mm-hmm. We then find out that the boy is Ray, and his father was killed when he looked to see what was the matter on the rooftop, and Santa fell on him, pulling Ray's father out of the window and then smushing him in the snow below, killing him. Which I guess Santa was never aware of. Like, we get two gritty takes on the Santa Claus Mm -hmm. here. And so it's finally Christmas Eve, and Ray has waited up for Santa, and he comes down with a machine gun and shoots at Santa, and the two start fighting. Santa ends up throwing a bola at Ray, which knocks the gun out of his hands, and Santa picks it up, only for Ray to smack Santa in the face with the bola, knocking him out, and then he runs Santa through with a poker, killing him, getting revenge in front of his mom, who ends up writing it off as some strange burglar who is breaking in, who somehow got reindeer on the roof and so we then cut to 10 years later ray stops home and while he's talking with his mom she goes outside briefly and is killed by a giant easter egg and there is a promise for this story to be continued in the weird easter issue which never obviously happened which means ray never gets revenge on the bunny writes down notes for exiled And then the last one is Santa Bites the Big Apple, which is set on Earth 8642, which was written and illustrated by Alan Milgram, a.k.a. Al Milgram, but he wanted to be fancy for Christmas. Santa enters into New York City, and it is full of pollution. He decides to try and hand out gifts by hand, but when he tries to hand a gift to a child walking with his mom, the mom confuses him with a uh, Krishna and attacks him. He then tries to sneak into a house through a window, but he gets attacked by a dog because none of the apartments have chimneys. And as he gets tossed out uh, from there, he sees a man hiding on a ledge and tries to enter into the next window he sees where a woman is trying to hide that she's been cheating on her husband with a guy out on the ledge. But the angry husband shoots at Santa with a shotgun. And he ends up falling down onto the street where a very stereotypically Irish cop throws Santa into the holding tank, thinking he's a bum. Santa immediately gets threatened, but he does the trick where he thumbs his nose and he flies up out of the air shaft. 
the other people in the holding cell try to no avail. And they're all just picking their nose. Yep. And when Santa finally gets back to his sled, it's been stripped. The reindeer are gone, and he has a parking ticket. It's pretty much that Simpsons uh, New York Mm -hmm. scene. And so he decides to open a store to hand out the gifts, or, well, to give them away for free, and one of the elves has a problem because all these people are coming in and grabbing things, even if they're not good. And Santa admits at least they aren't shooting at him. Zing! Classic. And yeah, so those are the ones that we covered uh, this week. Are you ready to put them on trials of the multiverse? Let's trial it up, Luke. So up first we have Santa Claus versus the Illuminati. And it felt like one of the more straightforward ones, but also just like very a lot shorter than all of Mm -hmm. the others. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Storm and Norman? Better. A lot better, or only Just a little, a little. Bit better. Uh, how about Guietro slash the Age of Apocalypse? Not sequel? as good. Uh, what if Dare? What if Deadpool joined the New Mutants? Better. So our new number one seventy five is Earth. 44 or 09 Santa plus Infinity Gauntlet. Up next, we have Earth 8336, the son of Santa. I like this one a lot. Me too. It was like very solid art, a good premise. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to Phoenix Force Jubilee? Better. What if the Avengers formed in the 1950s? Better. Uh, Aquaman fought Octogon. Not as good. Uh, the expanded House of M Better. universe. So our new number 32, Earth 8336, Son of Santa. Which was great, because I think at this time they were publishing Son of Satan. So Actually, I thought that was it was going to be a take on that. It was a little surprised when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Especially because the uh, cover of the magazine has a skull man on it. We then have Howard the Duck's Christmas, where it's a world where he was never born. Earth 83234. I thought this was pretty yeah, good as well, it. though. I mean, we didn't have a lot of context. Agreed. But I liked it. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about it compared to what if Spider-Man was Cary Grant? Um, Better. Uh, Six-Armed Spider-Man? Not as good. Yeah. Howard the Duck didn't compare himself to uh, Helen Keller because they had extra arms. So, Earth 83234 is our new number 71. Howard the Duck was never born. That then brings us to Earth 8337, Sleigh Bells. And uh, I feel like this might have been the weakest one out of the ones that we covered, but it was still pretty good. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to uh, 
Uh, Hulk becomes Banner when angry. Better. Uh, Hulk Thor? Mm, not as good. So our new number 189 is 8337. Slay bells in brackets. The one where the reverse Santa Claus happened. And then the last one is Earth 8642. Santa bites the big apple. Um... How do you feel about this one compared to Batman versus Alien? Not as good. Uh, Alien. Uh, Bendis writing House of M. So our new number 145 is Earth 8642. Santa goes to 1980s New York City. Which, that brings our list up to a total of 497. Devin, I think next week we might be hitting our number 500. I know, that's so cray-cray. Ain't it, Jay? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... Now, it is time for the part where we answer questions. Let's do it. Opening up Twitter. Opening up Twitter now. Okay. So up first we have a question in from Xavier Files who wants to know, was Santa depowered on M-Day? Because canonically some versions of santa are a mutant the answer is yes because elf takes place in the marvel universe that is why he has that magical machine that has to try to turn christmas cheer into making his sleigh fly because he has lost his powers wait what do you mean elf like the will ferrell movie Mm -hmm. takes place in the marvel universe everyone knows that why I I, I, I am unaware of this fact. And that is why he has to use the Christmas cheer by singing aloud for all to hear. He has to try to do that. And by that, I mean he's really just having a bet where if he can make people believe in Santa, then his friends, the drug dealers, will give him mutant growth hormone, which will allow him to deliver the presents in time. The end. Uh, Tucker, who was at the beverage, yeah, no response. I thought not. If... No, I'm I'm going to let people write you angry messages about how wrong you are. There, thanks Xavier Files for making Santa a mutant growth hormone addict. Um. So Tucker, who is at the beverage, wants to know, if Santa was making a superhero team to save Christmas, who would he get for the members? And it has to be an original team composition. So, uh, like the normal superhero team, uh, 
that normal superhero team setup typically has Oh, come on, internet. You should be, like, throwing all sorts of these basic <sighs> layouts for me. Okay. Yep. Still not finding any of those that I... That is so weird, because normally there's a, like, very good layout oh okay I think this I already tell you what the answer is Luke sure Iron Man, War Machine, Captain Carol, Angel, and Johnny Storm the Human Torch. Because he Why? will strap them to his sleigh to fly them around and replace his reindeer, and Johnny Storm will obviously be Rudolph. And at least Iron Man and War Machine, he can spray paint fun, festive colors. Okay. I'll accept that. And I'll be too lazy to come up with my own. Because I couldn't find that list and I did An not have a like a Christmas angel. So, uh, up next, we have a question from. Bob Dylan, who wants to know who's got a beard that's long and white. Well, I mean, like all three members of ZZ Top. Who comes around on a special night? All three members of ZZ Top. <laughs> who wears boots and a suit of red? Only one member of ZZ Top. <laughs> who wears a long cap on his head? Jim Carrey in that uh, adaptation of A Christmas Carol. So, cap on head, suit that's red, special night, beard that's white, must be ZZ Top, must be ZZ Top, must be one member from the band ZZ Top, yep. must be Jim Carrey. Well, uh, that answers the well, question. Speaking of Jim Carrey, dang, have you watched that documentary on Netflix? No. Oh, that's crazy. You should. Well, Life has been keeping me busy, Devin. But you can watch it in the background of something. As you watch uh, Jim Carrey go into madness as he tries to be... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Did you believe they put a man on the moon? Well, no. I mean, everyone knows, Luke, that... What's his name? That Kubrick did it. Anyways, next week we're going to be wrapping up Volume 1 of Exiled... Of Exiles as they cross over with more... Uh, 
Chris Claremont stuff. It's going to be awful. I don't remember a lot of it. And yeah, you know, that's what we're doing. And then the week after that is our... Holiday special. Holiday special. So... Thank you all. Oh, I just saw what you linked in the chat. Like, probably at the start of the episode. We're it was a while ago when it was actually, like, pertinent to what yeah. we were talking about. Yep. Anyways, we'll see you all next week. Send in your questions. Uh, stuff's going on with Patreon right now, so you can back now if you want to. But, you know... As they got stuff to figure out, uh, I'm not going to push it as much until they hopefully realize that what they're doing is shitty. Anyways, see you all next week. Uh, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fred of Fitness, F R E D D O F E T T. Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg. That's K O L T R E G uh, X at Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. You can also check out our other weekly podcast, Exiled, where. People are going to therapy right now. And we've also got the Dr. Nemesis special coming up soon. So You can hear about how I urinate on a person's door. Yeah, that episode's already up. Everyone should enjoy that. Have you had any fun comments? Uh, well, about what Nemesis did? It got reported to the Enchantress. Whatever. Anyways, see y'all next week. Peace.